Hello and welcome to our Scene and Nerd podcast. Tonight we are on a special hiatus wrap-up. We have TV show trailer reviews, some TV show premiere reviews, and a whole lot of bad show rants, or I may have one or two, but that's just me. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with us, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? I am doing well, Sarah. Good to talk to you. I know we I know we didn't record last week. Hope you're feeling better, and I'm back in place here in North Carolina. Wow, did you guys feel that? I felt the bus that Will just shoved me under. Yes, I got sick, and we had to no. cancel. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm not blaming you. It's good. I want you to feel better. You need to be 100%. I do. I do. No, I try. I know. I'm not throwing you under the bus. I resent that. That kind of hurt. <laughs> I'm hurt. That honestly hurt my feelings. <laughs> do you feel like you just got hit by a bus? I feel like I got hit by the bus. The bus, like, you know... You know, you like, you know, got behind the wheel and drove, you know, backed up over me. Not the no, other no, way no. around. No, no, no. Like, let's not have this turn into an American vandal scenario. <laughs> because it was not me driving the bus. I am pretty sure it was our other guest co host tonight, Patricia Will, who was Miller. Patricia Will? Who the. <laughs> yes, yeah. it was Patricia Will behind oh, the yeah. driver's so you're, you're, Yeah, you're like, you created a new person to like, you know, try to like cast your uh, guilty uh, conscious off on. <laughs> well, the best lies like are close to the truth. Like, Patricia, do you want to speak on this matter? Were you or were you not behind the driver's seat of said bus? I was just honking the horn so you would hear it. But to be... <laughs> to honk the horn, don't you have to be pretty much in the driver's seat? Well, you can be a passenger and reach over and hit the hit the horn. So, see, we have a speed scenario here. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> speed scenario. Ride or die. Yeah. Ride or die. <laughs> Ride or die. <laughs> one, one of the two of us were, like, standing up where Keanu Reeves is, and one person is on the bullet driving the bus. I'll gladly be Sandra Bullock. Damn it! I'm always Keanu. <laughs> but I'm the I'm the cat version, right? Right? Right. Anyway, right? Yeah, okay. right, yeah, the cat. Because that's a little bit better. It like is. I don't want to be the manly. Like I wanna be the cute, adorable. Like and who would blame a helpless kit kitten? Like, seriously, Will. What kind of monster are you? Oh. Hey. <laughs> cute Patricia's cat. Where are you, cat? Come on, come on. Yes! <laughs> That's so true. Where is cat? Cat is sitting in the corner pouting. Aww. Uh. Aww. That's. That's. I have no comment on that. I, I really don't know what that. What to say to that? What did you do to the cat? I locked her in my room so she wouldn't be on the outside trying to get in. Oh. <laughs> So she's in here with me, sitting she, at the corner of the went, door pouch. The lengths we go to bring you guys quality entertainment. There is a lot of scandal happening tonight and a lot of mistreatment. Okay, all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. All right, guys, let's let's start with um, a few trailers we have this week, and the first one is a new. Hulu original series called Future Man, starring Josh Hutcherson, and it's going to come out in a few weeks um, in November. 
What did you guys think of this very comedic series? Like sci-fi comedy. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. So, um, a couple things. First, I thought I was watching a mashup of Ready Player One meets, um, um, what's the, some like, you know, random janitor, you know, story. Like, I'm like, really? I didn't feel it. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I watched it. I just didn't, you know, felt like, honestly, it's like, okay, all the funny parts, it's like when you watch a movie trailer and on the comedy, yeah. and all the funny parts just happen in the trailer. And even at that, I, I didn't find many of them that funny. So, I, you know, I don't have Hulu, but if I did, I would probably pass. Wow. Whoa. I don't know. Well, it's like, the, it's sort of like, I don't know. I know we haven't really talked about the Orville. And I've tried. I've watched it a few episodes of the Orville, and it it I'm trying. It feels like the show is trying to figure out what it wants to be, either a satire, or a spoof of Star Trek, or a true homage of Star Trek. And I just don't know. I'm just not that. That I'm just not feeling it. I mean, okay, that's. I mean, that's a great comparison. But I would argue that Future Man knows exactly what it's trying to. Be. And to your point, I do have the suspicion that there are they gave away a lot of the their best beats. And so I am worried that when I actually watch the show, it's going to be a letdown as opposed to surprising, surprisingly funny. But and, and maybe it's just also because I've I've always liked Josh Hutcherson. So I kind of want to see him get a better role than just the Hunger Games. And and I I mean I love the eighties and the time travel stuff and the comedy and how they made it into this this thing that I it felt refreshing at the same time to me. I don't know. Patricia, what did you think? Well, I agree with you. I like um Josh Hutchinson and the fact that he's like branching out, doing different things other than the Hunger Games and that other kid show that he was in. Yeah, that nobody um, remembers. It's like the journey to the center of the earth or something. Yes, he was. In <laughs> He's been yeah. around for a while. Like, yeah. a long time. <laughs> like, wasn't he the little kid on the... I can't remember. There's another one where the little girl died in the river. And it was like the, the, the lava. Bridge to Terabithia. Yes, thank you. Was oh, my that? God. I need to be on the snowdown. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I'm glad he's in it. I'm glad to see his face on the screen again. I felt like this trailer wasn't for a TV show. It was for a movie. Fair point. Good point. More, more of because it was it was really long and it seems like sort of drawn out. It wasn't. I don't know. It was a long trailer. Yeah. Um, but. I I also feel like hot tub time machine ish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're I don't know. I'm sort of on the fence about it. Like I would watch it definitely, 
because it seems interesting and it seems funny. Like my favorite part of the trailer is when Josh Hutchinson is beating up the other guy that's dressed in the yellow suit at the end. And he's like, yeah. Like he, what? Yeah. You guys know that's a nod to Breaking Bad, right? Yeah. I saw, yeah. I saw a few, like, I can't remember what another, like, nod to another series, but it was, um, we're gonna kill the baby. <laughs> the baby's invincible. No, <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> Very easy. <laughs> you guys are telling me that herpes is gonna take down the world? Yes. Yes, yes we are. <laughs> well, yeah, like I said, I mean, it had its bits. Uh, Patricia made a very good point that it, it was very long for a, a, a TV show trailer. I mean, usually compared to our other two trailers that we we're talking about tonight um it was, it was like du- double almost double the time and um you know i don't know if they're ever tr- you know trying to you know if i were if i were cut if i were the one editing that i would have made it a lot tighter hmm. um yeah. do you think it was as long as the punisher trailer or the defenders trailer um uh, yeah, um, well, see, here's the difference. I mean, I, I, they might have been runtime about the same, but it just felt like there was more energy in the other two, the Punisher and the Defenders trailers, compared to this one. Right, right. No, I, I mean, I get both of the points on it, and I do agree to it, and, and that's part of the hesitation of feeling like all of the comedic the best comedic beats are in the trailer and also the worried, like, did you show me a trailer for the entire season or did you show me a trailer for the first episode? Like how, because there are some parts to that where it's a lot of exposition. And so you can feel like you watch the first episode of the season. And then there are some other parts where you're like, Oh, that's probably going to come up down the line. Like, so, and maybe that's just trailer fatigue that we're looking at because we have so many movie trailers that do that to us all the time where you see the first one, the second one, the third one, and then all of the TV spots. By the time you go to the cinema, you've already seen the movie. Yeah, that could be it. That could very well be it. Which hashtag even, trailer fatigue. Hashtag trailer fatigue, which, you know, again, I think gets to our point. You know, so it gets to my point earlier, If you, you know, Due to trailer fatigue, and you know this series is premiering next month, um, you know it, it behooves trailer makers to like you know not show you know shoot your load all at once. You know it's just like mm-hmm. keep it keep it tight. And they you know and, and this one just felt like you know we did see the whole seat. Yeah, so is it a ten episode run? Probably. Yeah. All, Probably kind of episode. Yeah. You know, all at once. So it's kind of like, okay, y'all, go dial it back a bit. You know, leave the audience. Dial it down. Leave the audience, you know, give your audience a reason to tune in. And I just felt like this one did not for me. Yeah. No worries. No worries. I'll, I'll spoil it for you. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch it for the both of us. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. Virtual, all right. virtual fiscal. Yeah. yes okay so the next one is also on hulu which i think hulu 
is trying to up its game considering um, A Handmaid's Tale won the the Emmy for Best Drama Series. So they're like, oh, people actually like these original series and we're going to win awards. So we're just going to start busting out all of this original content. So that's kind of interesting. They're making a run with this. And so this one is Marvel's The Runaways, which will debut on November 21st. So I watched it. I watched this trailer twice. Um, And the first time I, for whatever reason, I guess I had fatigue or something. It didn't really stick to me. And then right before we started recording, I watched it a second time. And I didn't realize the potential for how dark this could get Uh because the whole premise is that these kids discover that not only are they, do they have these abilities, but their parents have abilities and their parents are villains. And some of the images, especially during the montage, like leading up to the, the final credit, it, there's some like kidnapping going on, some seances, some some sex stuff, and I don't know how dark this is gonna get. And I'm that kind of intrigues me, and I don't know what that says about myself, but still. <laughs> um, Patricia, what were your takeaways from this trailer? I honestly was really confused by it. <laughs> <laughs> I love your honesty. I love it. I'm here with the- I, I mean, it, uh, so there's there's these kids and their parents going to the back room for the seance thing. And I was like, OK. And then all of a sudden they have powers and they're doing weird stuff. And then all of a sudden a flash, flash, flash of images. And then, you know, see the credits or whatever. Right. And I was like, uh, it didn't do it for me. I probably will not watch it. And I'm wondering with another TV show that we're going to talk about, like, did they get a a deal? Did Hulu get a deal with Marvel to, you know, start pumping out all these shows or? Uh, I, I don't, I, I don't know about that. I, but I just, I, I think it's weird that they're all of a sudden like Marvel, Marvel. Yeah. Marvel. I did. Like, and doing show prep, and I did get a chance to, and I did not get a chance to, to read the article, but I did see an article, to your point, Patricia, headline, why these shows are going the Hulu route rather than the next Netflix route, but I don't know the you know substance, substance of that article, but I did I did see that very same question posed um, while, 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 we're, while I was doing prep, but um, uh, we should, def- you know, maybe follow up and, and look, look for it yeah. later um, yeah. or talk about it on the, the subsequent show. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, that is a very interesting interesting point because when you think about it, you know, all our, you know, all the Marvel series in particular have either been, you know, are, are pretty much primarily on, on Netflix or you have mm-hmm. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, and um, uh, the one that was canceled, uh, Agent, um, Carter. Agent Carter, Carter on ABC. So for them to go the Hulu route, I don't know if it's a creative thing that, you know, maybe they're like, you know, you know, the Marvel Studios is trying to, you know, just, you know expand our universe to, to other streaming mm-hmm. services or, or what. But um, 
you know, why not? Why not? <laughs> you know, but, why not? But why, Especially if it's not connected. Yeah. Like those other shows. Yeah. Are. They're not. And, and I was like Patricia in that, you know, when I watched the trailer, I was like, okay, what is this exactly? Um, it, you know, I, 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 mean, I know it has the Marvel branding, but it really didn't mm-hmm. seem like, uh, didn't seem like a superhero show, which, I mean, maybe that's part of it. I mean, maybe that's part of what they're trying to hook audiences in is to be like, you know, hey, we know, we get it. You guys are fatigued on the positive heroes, so maybe we'll go to anti-hero route. Um, or, uh, or or we're just going to, tw- you know, turn it on their heads and, you know, this is going to be a very unconventional show, um, which, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll get into that with another show that we're going to talk about tonight. But, mm-hmm. um, so maybe that's, maybe that's the hook that they're trying to, to you know, stack audiences in to say, you know, this is not, this is not the defenders or it's not Jessica Jones or daredevil. This is going to be, this Inhumans. is something different. Well, it's not in humans. <laughs> well, Which, maybe, like, maybe they, well, it's not in humans, but maybe they actually pulled this one off a little bit better as far as like, Maybe it's some, a little bit more intriguing than humans, which humans just look inhumanly bad to begin with. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I and and why I bring up inhumans is for that point, the, the very obvious point is that I think part of the reason why they are allowing this show to exist on Hulu as opposed to ABC or Netflix, which. Disney has its hands in and Disney also owns Marvel, yada, yada, yada. It's because that this show can almost, this story can live on its own and they, they don't have to worry about connecting it to another universe because you have it on a different streaming service. So as a viewer, you won't even think, Oh, this is Marvel. No, no, no. You're like, this is distinctly, the Runaways. And yes, if you're a fan of the comics, then you'll probably go to it and be like, oh, this is Marvel. But there is not that pressure of trying to connect it to these larger entities or these other properties. It's more like, no, 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 we're just going to do The Runaways and tell that story. And I think that'll hopefully allow this one to work better than said in humans, which in humans, even knowing that it was at one point going to be a part of the MCU and then it got like totally thrown under that bus and moved to TV and then got a horrible show runner to run it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. It has a lot more pressure and that's why all of the bad comments are coming out about it. But um I liked the trailer and maybe it's because I knew what I was getting with it. So I kind of didn't go in blind that it as blind as it sounds like both of you did. So I kind of knew what they were trying to do. Um, and, and I liked it. Granted, I, I did watch it twice. So maybe that was one of the advantage, but <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. And while, while you were, you know, some things you just touched on Sarah earlier, um, you, you pretty much, Confirm. I, I did find the article uh, that, I, that I saw referencing why Hulu is the choice for this series, and it is some of the things we just discussed. The, the show, the the head of Marvel Television, basically 
wants, as you as you said, to get in on the success that um, uh, you re- referenced earlier to Handmaid's Tale mm-hmm. of Hulu's yeah. original con, you know, original content. They see this as an opportunity for this show to get on the ground floor of that. Um, right. And also the simple fact that um, Disney owns a 30% share of Hulu. So, again, it gives the Disney folks who owns the Marvel property a place to put their, uh, you know, their flag on another network. Disney. Yeah. <laughs> Disney rules. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, and it makes sense. But, you know, you knew what you were getting into. You know, mm-hmm. you had mentioned the Runaways to me some months back. Um, I really didn't, you know, I didn't really follow up on on that as far as, like, you know, learning more about it. I mean, I did, once I did watch the trailer, I did do a little bit more research about what the Runaways is about and how these kids are going to, you know, fight against their evil parents who are part of the crime syndicate of Pride, I think it's called. Um, so, I mean, you know, the the story, you know, is based off comics, obviously, and the story does seem, you know, interesting. Um, but, you know, again, you know, if you're trying to get, uh, someone cold to, you know, to say, hey, I might give this a shot. This one, you know, I'm like Patricia, it it didn't quite, didn't quite snack me because I just Mm -hmm. didn't know what was going on. Right. That and yeah. I'm I'm surprised with it being Disney that it's gonna be it's I mean seems like it's gonna be pretty dark for a TV show. So that's yeah. I mean, you think and Disney? It, you think like Disney princesses and cute fuzzy happy endings, and this doesn't look like it's gonna have a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and maybe that's kind of why I'm interested in it. Like, I don't know the comics comics very well. I just knew about the show and the essential premise of it. And so to me, that's very that's different and a unique perspective on this. These stories that we have been told a thousand times, like part of the appeal for me is it's not just about kids discovering they have abilities and forming an, a team. No, 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 no. Their team is in opposition against their parents. And if you if you want a point of a comparison to this, think about a Spider-Man Homecoming and that great scene in the car where Peter Parker realizes that his date's father is his arch nemesis. Like that's how that's the potential conflict that the runaways can use for a tv show premise yeah. yeah no it's a great great view and great angle on it i agree yeah but i i will to will's point like yes if you're if you're not looking for that i can see how this trailer didn't really highlight that in a way that would make you really look forward to it premiering in November. Yeah. And, and, and they didn't cast Michael Keaton. So they didn't cast Michael too. Keaton. And I mean, <laughs> it, it, it is such a crowded marketplace of these shows now. You really, you really have to come with a strong, you know, angle to like, okay, what can we, how can we differentiate ourselves from this very crowded universe of, 
you know, comic book shows that are out there under, you know, either DC or Marvel, Marvel name. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, really these trailers are like, you're one shot to do it. And if you don't do a good job of like, it, for example, in humans selling the story, <laughs> you're going to alienate you know, a lot of the audience and everybody's going to go into it with this bad taste in their mouth, ready to just bash it, which was a very self-fulfilling prophecy with, with humans. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of unique angles, um, let's move on to Raising Dion, which has Netflix picking up, to me, the held, the um, found footage model and trying to create a TV show about this mom, attempt, um, a single mom raising her son, only for her son to start to develop these abilities that it's not just one. It's not just, oh, suddenly he has telekinesis. No, no, no. The kid just as much as he's growing, his powers are growing, and we get to learn about how she deals with that as a parent. Uh, Will, you're the one who recommended this show. Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts on the trailer? All right. I, this is finally one that I actually liked tonight. <laughs> 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 this is why, which I like, this is why I messaged, this is why I sent you the message. I was like, we should definitely talk about this, because mm-hmm. I, this is Getting back to my point of like a unique angle or hook to get you in, uh, get you know the audience engaged in a story. This one totally did for me, and maybe it's because I'm a parent. You know, I'm looking through it from that filter. But um, it, you know, it, it was just a very for me. It was a very unique take on, as I said, the very crowded marketplace of, of shows um, mm-hmm. to. You know, because we're always focusing on, you know, the, the protagonist is always the heroes of the powers and how he got he or she got to this point and, you know, the well-worn trope of the superhero. But we really never, even with, like, you know, with our, you know, Superman or whoever, with the Kents, you know, we never oh, really yeah. never <laughs> have, like, had a good story about the the you know, chronicling the parent who is actually, or the people who are actually raising these individuals. I guess maybe maybe a small, with the exception of Smallville. A little bit of Smallville, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Martha, sorry. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, other than Smallville, it really, you know, there really hasn't been. And this one, too, is just, uh, I mean, with just, you know, having a story about a single parent who is helping this kid discover their powers and um you know it is just, just some very cute moments in the trailer it just it just felt very warm and engaging versus the cold static you know we, we've mm-hmm. seen the explosions and the, the the you know the gaze of the, the heroic gaze off into the distance or determination you know things that are just so like almost cookie cutter now and, and all these trailers so i i liked it Right. You know, it's funny you bring up those moments because the only time those appeared in this trailer were at the end where they took actual images from the comic itself and put them on the screen saying coming soon. Like there's that ending shot of the drawn like the kid standing up in front of his mom trying to protect her from a massive um, explosion. And and that's not in the show itself essentially but it's pulled straight from the comics 
So it's really that's that's a very interesting point. Uh, Patricia, what did you think about it? Um, it's funny when I first started the trailer on YouTube, you know, it shows you a commercial. And then <laughs> as soon as it went to the kid with the cereal floating up, I thought it was another commercial. So then I hit skip again or did something and <laughs> I had to go back and click on it again. And I, then I realized that it was the actual trailer. So that sort of threw me off. Mm-hmm. But it is an interesting take. And I have sort of a feeling with all the home video type things and like hidden video camera stuff. I feel like it's going to be very much like Paranormal Activities and Cloverfield and Quarantined, basically. Because you see this kid start growing. Like, I feel like at the end, it's going to get worse and worse. Like, he won't be able to control or she won't be able to control him with his powers. And that's the feeling that I got from the trailer. It is an interesting concept, and I like that. But I don't think I'll watch it, really, because those movies are scary, and I don't, <laughs> I don't like them. Were you thinking about Chronicle? Well, there's there's that one, too. There's Chronicle, where the kids have special abilities, and then it sort of had that video footage kind of feeling of paranormal activities in, and um, Cloverfield. Yeah, yeah. And and it's it's one of the better of those, I would argue. Um, and to your point, Chronicle is very disturbing in some parts. And um, I hate to admit this. Yes, Will, it was light and, um, and charming. At the same time, though, because of the way it was shot, I was waiting for something really bad to happen <laughs> the entire yeah. time. Well, see, but- I'm just like... This is creepy. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, I, I, I guess that's the, I guess that's my point earlier. It's just like, you know, there are just, it's just this well-worn trope of like, where's, where's the bad thing that's going to happen? It's going to like, you know, make this person become, oh, I've got to, you know, grow up and put on a pair of tights and go off and fight crime. I mean, it's just like, come on. So, uh, you know. Well, there are men in suits. You know, they, that's kind of a Mr. Robot vibe yeah. where there are these men that the mom is comp- really aware of and trying to protect her, her, um, her son from. And that's part of the reason why they went with the found footage route, because yeah. she does start to put up the cameras everywhere. Also, because his powers are go- really going getting out of hand. And so she, that helps him her track him as well. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, I, I have to do a shout out to Pat. Hashtag poor Pat. They scared him and he was bringing groceries. OK, <laughs> he was trying to be good friend yeah. and she totally set him up for it. And I swear to God, I'm so glad none of my brothers ever had powers because I would have moved. <laughs> I would have like well, like I'm like if this show does well and I and I hope it does it has Michael B Jordan executive producing and so I'm sold just knowing that and he's also going to appear in the show um, but if this goes well I would love for them to include another child and have sibling rivalry and for Pat not to be the only one abused okay 
Well, when, he was bringing groceries. Bring groceries. He was an innocent bystander. Yeah. When it drops, when it drops, we gotta get it. We have to get it trending. Poor Pat. <laughs> yeah, poor Pat. <laughs> and then I love how they have the whole Batman thing. You gotta talk real low. Yeah. Like you gotta yeah. move. And, I guess, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, great. that's so great. Yeah, and I guess that's why, yeah. I guess I guess that's the freshness about it that you know, and it doesn't take it's not taking itself too seriously. So that's another thing too. Yeah, definitely not taking itself too seriously. Not like Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Let's let's talk about this will okay, because let's talk about it. you sold me. You sold me. And I was really sick and I watched the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. And I did enjoy the first two episodes. Okay. And it felt like it felt like a movie. It did. It felt like a, a fresh show i was surprised by it i like all of the um klingon yeah. stuff mm-hmm. and i the the vulcan stuff yeah. what what happened to the show episode three it's like night and day it, like suddenly i feel like i'm watching something else it felt like yeah i completely agree with you i just watched it again watched it tonight and um you know what and it almost was like a set, a, a, you know, another pilot almost, and and that it like it was a soft reboot of like okay, forget what you saw. It was almost like you know, forget what you saw the last two episodes. Now we're really getting to the story. Um, right, and I like the first story. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want this story. Yeah. I like the first yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, I I like Jason Isaac's portrayal of Captain Lorca um, because. It there's a couple of things I think is going on with this, and the okay. darker enlightened me. The darker tone reminds me of the possibility that the reason why the captain is acting the way that he is is that he is somehow connected with. There's an organ for long-term Star Trek fans, especially the more recent series as far as Deep Space Nine. Where this this organization got was first introduced, this organization called Section Section Thirty One, which basically is a shadow CIA type of organization deep within Starfleet that no one knows about except for for the operatives who get recruited into it. Uh, which you know the way he is acting, and there was a little throwaway line in this third episode uh, by one of the prisoners. It's like I never seen so many black shields around. Right. Um, it, for folks who are familiar with Deep Space Nine, um, and even on Enterprise, the series with Scott Bakula, when operatives of Section Thirty One showed up, they usually had on a solid black uniform. Um, so there were okay. little little in-tie stories, in-universe stories that or, or lines that were given in this episode that maybe. This organization does maybe the captain is somehow tied to this organization within Starfleet. Um, as far as Michael and her characterization, you know she still showed the, the 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 intelligence that she had before, the 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 wit that she had before, as far as her interactions with uh, Saru. Um, and I, and I love the interactions between her and her, her new roommate. I thought that was a good, yeah. like, touch to the show 
that uh, that definitely needed it because it was it, it was a definitely agree this this third episode was a much darker episode possibly because you know she is dealing with coming you know dealing with the you know guilt and self punishment that comes with her you know engaging in a mutiny to begin with. Um, Why is that so bad? She was right. Yeah. I, I was kind of like, it seemed like a, a almost a overly manufactured, like, storyline to, like, make, you know, I guess a way to get her off of the one ship onto this new ship and sort of being the, the black sheep, which is a, a you know, again, a bit, you know, Star Trek hasn't done this type of story I can't think of with the main character ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the closest they came with it was in Deep Space Nine, where Captain Sisko, for once, like, broke all the rules to pull the Romulans into their war against Dominion. Uh, that was probably the one time where we had, you know, an end justifies the means kind of story with the main character and then he, and, and to, to, to get the positive outcome, um, mm-hmm. that was totally against their character. Cause whenever, you know, Cisco was always this very righteous type of character, whereas, you know, you see James Kirk doing something like that, but Cisco, it just, you know, it was like, Oh, when he pulled that, pulling the Romulus in and using Garrick to, um, execute that, um, it, you know, it definitely threw you for a loop. With Michael, I th- Will is geeking I'm out totally, so hard. I am. I'm so trying. Funny. Yeah, I gotta get to the back. To get this, this, stay, stay on point. Stay with me. Yeah, stay with me. I'm getting to the point. Stay with me. Gotta give the context for this. Yeah. So with Michael being that she was raised on Vulcan, and you know has a very Vulcan demeanor, for her to do what she did as far as committing the mutiny was completely against character. What someone would think is, you know someone who was basically, you know, raised and acted very Vulcanish in her in her duties. So 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 that's why they are 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 treating her like she literally killed the captain, which we both know isn't the case. It, and 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 that's what's really throwing me off because by the end of that second episode, they had the plan to get onto the Klingon ship. Yeah. And they executed the plan and they were all on the same page. Yep. And so it kind of felt like, yes, she had a mutiny, but the captain almost for, pretty much forgave her. And Sulu was there for that. So I'm really confused as to what happened at the once the captain died and she was put back onto her own ship. And the start of this episode, because we we missed the trial, we missed all of the backlash yeah. for everything that she did leading up to this. So I feel, I felt very disoriented in the, in the story considering to me, that seems like they took a giant leap. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I guess really what bothered me about Michael is she's not Oliver Queen. Okay. <laughs> she, she can't act like she just spent five years on an island doing all of this horrible stuff. She made one bad decision. And I understand that for Starfleet, that's probably 
a sin, an unimaginable sin, but still just the way that was manufactured, it I don't buy it. And I felt really like kind of annoyed because she's none of it made sense to me yeah. as to why everybody was treating her like that. I think it was, you know, and maybe they will explore this, the line that, well, you know, the, the mutiny some more, but it, I guess given that she was first officer of the Shinzu, when, you know, second line to the captain and, you know, engaged in that mutinous act, despite her gut and her training, be, her experience being right, um, I, you know, it was, I, I, yeah, it, 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 it was a very weak intro as far as why there's such anger towards her other than the novelty of her, you know, Michael Burham, the, 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 the mutinous officer, which maybe up to that yeah. point, you know, it, that wasn't so, maybe it wasn't so well fleshed out in the story, you know, that might have been, I mean, she may have been the first officer of like command rank to like do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so, you know, it would have been good if they had a little bit more exposition as far as like, you know, why it was so bad. And, and I know the prisoners at the beginning of the show were trying, were dancing around it and they were touching right. on it. But then of course they had the dramatic entry entry of the, of the starship discovery, which it may have been, you know, they had to recut it over again. It might have been good for them to, you know, go into a little bit more, even if it was from those characters, you know, why it was such a big, big freaking deal for her to be a, be the mutinous commander. Right. You know, it, it's interesting to me too, Will, that for you, you felt like this was a lot darker of an episode than the first two. Yeah. And for me, I had the exact opposite, where I felt like the first two, it was a lot more war focused mm-hmm. in the conflict, and it and it felt darker. It felt very much like Battlestar Galactica. While this episode felt like the Star Trek that my brother used to watch, where they they literally were scientists. It was a scientific mission that went wrong and went went afoul. So it kind of was like that sci-fi horror at some yeah, point. Yeah, I did joke with my wife. I was like, "Hey, it's the Monster of the Week show." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it literally, and then they it's it's they got very procedural. Yeah. And 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 that threw me and I did and you know how I don't like those. I don't. And and then at the end where I don't like the captain, I really don't because yeah, I don't. He's a creep. He is a creep. <laughs> and I knew it from the start. And he tried to act all charming and everything. But no, no, no. He he's got the creeper eyes. Don't. He's got the creeper. Oh, eyes. you're just holding the fact that he played Lucius Malfoy against him. Come on. <laughs> You know, I, I forgot about that, and and yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're seeing Lucius, and, you're seeing Lucius Malfoy. Patricia, yeah, you're see- Patricia, Will made a Harry Potter reference, <laughs> and he's right. <laughs> the captain is from Harry Potter. Um, but, okay, Will, where, why did they leave the episode the way they did in terms of the captain and that beast being on board? Like, how does that fit into this being that District 31 yeah. 
You just you were just yeah. talking about. Well, you know, again, you know, the focus of this series is Michael Burnham. It's the captain is truly is a you know it's just one character of many, you know, and it, and this is a little different for for a Star Trek show because normally, you know, it's always you know the lead protagonist is always the captain. This one though is the it's it, it's Michael, and mm-hmm. and so. Is you know the stories are always going to be told from her perspective, not the captain's. So so, so that's one point. The so other point is, I think his you know they touched on his motivations for why he wanted her specifically. Why did he go to all these links to track her down, track down the shuttle that she was on, try to get her to come onto the ship? Because he's a creeper. He's a creeper, and also okay. that's one. Two. He, you know, she definitely has the, ex- the scientific expertise to carry out whatever nefarious um, program that he's 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 running. So he, you know, I think clearly, you know, they show, you know, they show the, you know, the appeal to the science aspect of Michael and to encourage her to, you know, stick around whenever she had a choice to go, you know, go live the rest of her life in prison. Um, but what about the dog? Yeah, was well, it see, a dog? I don't know what it was. Uh, well, well, that's just it. Yeah, <laughs> the, the mutated dog or whatever it was, the monster of the week. So I think they left, you know, you can get to your point how he's a creeper and how creepy he was. Um, I think they ended the episode that way to like, you know, remind the audience that this guy has multiple agendas going on. And while he managed to convince Michael to stick around, we need to keep an eye on him because obviously his motives are not 100% pure and and wanted to keep her there. And, yeah, and, and by, you know, and, you know, getting the, you know, by bringing over that creature from the, you know, by, from the other starship, the Glen, that uh, clearly something went wrong and, you know, in great Star Trek fashion. Um, it, you know, basically it's just, you know, why did, you know, see, you know, why did, why did, why was it so important to bring that particular beast over to, you know, especially after he gave all this great like story about how they're going to use this organic material to be able to, you know, go to Romulus and all these other places with this new, this new warp drive. So, I mean, I mean, there, I will freely admit there were a lot of structural problems with this third episode that weren't there in the first two. Right. Right. Um, though I, I do want to touch on that, those other motivations and, um, you were talking about throwaway lines before, and there was a lot of debate about the motivations of the captain. Mm-hmm. And um, the scientist who Michael was working for was talking about how he's even suspicious of the, their own captain. Yeah. And because he believes like he's using this science for war yeah. and he's he's war driven and the, that's the motivations and i and i did like that yeah. like for for all of the issues i did have i did like that point because that that is something that's um very realistic to um what what we deal with in our society 
And um, and I think that's kind of the te- the tease, like the yeah. subtext of that tease at the end, that these scientific matters are being used for the war that Michael helped start all the way with the Klingons. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna try some more. I just I hope that some of the reasons, some of the things we noticed in this episode, and some of the negatives weren't the result of Brian Fuller abandoning the show before it got off the ground. Because remember when we were first talking about Mm -hmm. it and we found out he left, that was part of our concerns. Like how much did he work on it and how, and will you see a difference? Because to me that would make sense in terms of the difference between those first two episodes and the third one, since he especially is much more, um, he, he his narrative structure is not procedural, so yeah. it's it's more continuous. It is, and I think you should just stick around. Well, that's one of the reasons why I think you should stick around and see if that. And I'm and I'm curious about that as well. You know, mm-hmm. you know, when you see these changes in tone and story, um, whenever a, a very significant member of the production team or creative team leaves, you know, you know, will that Sort of as the series rolls out, will we continue to see that? There is one little one little spoiler alert that I did see uh, right before we uh, right before we started recording. It looks like Michelle Yeoh is actually going to be back. Yep. So. Yep. So maybe we will get some flashbacks. Yeah. Um, makes sense nowadays how they tell the stories. Maybe we'll get flashbacks of what happened in the trial and everything that w- the context that we felt was lacking in this episode yeah. will be run throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, so yeah. We'll, we'll see. see. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, it was, it was, you know, definitely a tonal shift from the, from the, the first two episodes and we'll just sort of see how, how it, how it plays out. But uh, I'm, I'm sticking with it. You know, I'm not, I'm not bailing on my Star Trek yet. Uh, I don't know how you did it, but you kind of managed to convince right. me. But I'm not happy about it. No. <laughs> a show I am happy about, though, which also surprisingly had some tonal issues that we'll get into, is um, the Fox debuted The Gifted this this week, and we all watched the pilot episode. And I have to say, guys, this is what Agents of Shield should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I love it. Okay. X-Men is one of the few parts of Marvel that I really get, partly because I grew up in the nineties and that damn TV show. Oh. Love it. Oh yeah. I love it's the best. Did you get, did anybody catch the ringtone? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I need that ringtone. Okay. And, and then Sentinel services. And I'm just like, days of future past. It all makes sense. It's all, like they were, they were not afraid of embracing the universe that these characters who we don't know that much about, who are not the main X-Men characters, but they still live in that universe and they were not afraid of embracing that. And I respect that so much. And that's part of the reasons why I was really entertained by this first episode is because of all of those nods. And they did bring up the the X-Men and we don't know where they are, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But one other Easter egg that I'm still on the fence on if it, it was intentional or not, 
But the last name of the family is Strucker, which sounds very much like Straker. And we all know what what the importance of the Striker family are to the X-Men and especially Wolverine. So I'm just going to put that out there because I'm still unsure if it's an Easter egg or not, but I couldn't help. But every time they said Strucker, my mind meant to went straight to Striker. So I don't know. Patricia, what about you? Um, did you like this or are you not, are you going to stop? <laughs> well, I, I definitely liked it. Like when I was watching it, I couldn't look away because all the graphics were done really well. And, you know, the actors and actresses, even though for young actors and actresses that are probably fresh to the scene, they did a really good job. Mm-hmm. And so it, it made me excited for new actors and actresses to be on the scene. And the storyline was really good. I felt like there was some little bumps and bruises along the way with their smoothness of telling the story, but it was, it was good. I, I'm, it's not something that I would watch every day because again, it's kind of dark and you know me about dark shows, but um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It wasn't too dark and it felt like I was watching a movie, not just, like, that's the way I felt, like I was watching a movie instead of just a, you know, a short TV show. And I'm excited to see where they take it. Nice. That, nice. That's true. So, yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So, um, I, I liked it. I, I, it was, uh, you know, I think, if, again, it's a very fresh take on a very established universe. Um, mm-hmm. I very established. Very yeah, like yeah, it's like the Mount Rushmore of like you know comic pantheon. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in that regard, I I really enjoyed it. Of course, you know, tennis. I think honestly, the thing that like and I, this is gonna sound silly, the thing that like won me over is actually the ringtone. <laughs> I was just gonna say. I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. That's are are you are you like me? And did you find that you kept wanting them to go back to the the mutants and less with the family drama? Actually, see, the family drama actually was was, was I was okay with that. I mean, the okay. the uh, you know with the DA with, um, with the father and you know. You know, you know, being put in that situation where, you know, on the one hand, here he, you know, here he was, you know, trying to like, you know, work over this, you know, work over uh, Eclipse. Was it Eclipse, or was it? Uh, um, Lo, no, uh, it was it was Lorna. Lorna. Lorna yeah. Um, I knew she was pregnant, guys. I called, called that. It. All right. Continue. Yeah. But just trying to work her over, and then all of a sudden, you know, now his family is like on the run from Central Services. Uh, you know, th- that was a very, I, I like the way that sort of unfolded because it's like, you know, here he, here he is, you know, trying to do his job, prosecute these cases. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's got to like, you know, save his family from, from these folks. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, so it just, you know, it's a, it's a, for, from a storytelling standpoint, it, you know, it, 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 
it, it makes a very interesting story because you know he's got that you know you got the classic moral dilemma do you you know you know king versus you know king and country versus family so you had that well yeah go ahead Oh, I was just going to say, especially with how they left this first episode and the fact that he did save his family mm-hmm. from Sentinel Services, except Sent- Sentinel Services now has yeah. him. And now he's going to be faced with a moral dilemma, but in a very different context that, that threw me. I, I did not expect the episode to end in that way. Yeah. Um, but it's great. Yeah, it was great. And actually that, and that was the second thing after the ringtone that actually made me want to stick around was... To see, you know, I'm glad they ended it that way, that he didn't get away. Mm-hmm. And to see, you know, now he's got to live, he's got to deal with the consequences of his actions. And, you know, so that that in and of itself was like, oh, I got to come back in week two just to see that. Uh, yeah. So that those were really the two highlights for me. One, just, uh, you know, throwback to you know, back in the day. And then the second was just, you know, He's just, you know, this is a very interesting character um, and and the dilemma that he is going to be, you know, dealing with uh, probably throughout the whole first season. Because I think it's only it's only limited run, like like what, 10 episodes or 12? I mean, I know it's not like it's a, and yeah, I know it's not like a full, yeah, you know, which I'm glad. They, they could. No, but actually, I mean, they could, but I'm glad they're not because then they'll run into things that we've talked about multiple times on our CW shows, which is sometimes it's too damn long. Okay, so it is on Fox, and Fox is known for Fox is one of those cable shows that often they debut shows, limited run, and then if viewers come clamoring, they always extend mm-hmm. them um, and renew them. So I'm not saying it won't. I, I'm not saying it will just. I am suspicious about it. I guess that's what I'm trying yeah. to get across. That there is a chance that it'll get extended. It's not going to be 23 episodes. I'll tell you that yeah. much. It's still on Fox. Yeah. Um, now for me, I, I disagree. My favorite character was Eclipse, who's actually not from the comics at all. Eclipse is the main mutant who, um, he, he's, um, Lorna's boyfriend. We, we learned in the episode and he's, <laughs> he's, he's an original character for the show, which is appealing and also the actor I've been following his career since he was on skins, which is a famous British TV show. And um, so I'm so glad. And so, yes, he is British and yet he was doing an American accent. Who would have thought? Very well. And so freaking hot, (laughs) Patricia. God, I love him. Um, And I was, so I learned about his powers and I was very scared that it would be like, why do we need him? And yet they used his power so well in the episode at first when he like found when they were looking for um, blink and, and he, he's just showing the line. I'm like, well, that's lame. And then throughout the episode, it kept, we kept seeing him in different situations where he was really able to use them to a disadvantage. And when he got shot, like that was crazy. Cause he's all light in there. He's all light. He's very, very light. Um, so that 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 really was just appealing to me, and I really like that. And I and I like I like what they did between him and Lorna, even though I I called it. Um, I think that also pull puts another moral dilemma out there um, on the opposite spectrum, where both of these men are dealing with very similar 
issues, um, but from different perspectives and on different sides. Um, any other thoughts before we move on? Yeah. Um, I. Okay, so I don't know the X-Men universe very well, but I wanted to point out that this show, you don't have to know the X-Men mm. like thoroughly in order for you to enjoy it. Right. And and I really liked that part um, because I'm sort of half nerd, really. And so <laughs> it's, it's nice for them to give you something that's fresh and new but still related. Um, the other thing is that it's very realistic as to how things would go. You know, like they would have to leave Lorna behind because they didn't want to all get caught. And mm-hmm. the the reactions of the characters like the dad and you know like when he almost drops the phone when his wife tells him like their their conversation over the phone when they initially run away is yeah is so well done as parents you know figuring out what they're going to do and trying to tell each other what's actually happening and how that dilemma would go and i really enjoyed the realism that they put in there. And um, the other thing is, do you guys watch True Blood? No. No, I never got into no. it. No. Okay, so the the dad, he plays mm-hmm. Bill Compton on, on the TV show, and he's like one of the main characters. So I can't get that image out of my head yet, but he does, he's such a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the wife is, um, I, I don't know her name, but she used to be on Angel. Back in the day. Oh. And that's how I recognized okay. her. Um, which my one prediction is I think of all the characters, she's most likely to die by the end of the season. Just putting it out there. Mm. Human sacrifice. <laughs> just sacrificing people already, Sam. I just I think in terms of the the kids and them finding themselves in this universe, the dad has a lot of conflict and a lot of ties. I think if you can lose anyone, it would most likely be the mom. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. Moms all around the world are now sighing like, oh, uh, <laughs> the mom's, the mom's always dying. Mom's gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Do you know how many of these shows have the dad get killed off within the first episode? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like it's true. it's always apparent. Yeah, yeah. It's just don't to. be a, don't. Yeah, it's like if you're an actor, if you're gonna be a superhero show, you got the role of a parent. Just don't unpack your bag. Just know you're gonna be. Even just, even Dion only had one parent. Yeah. True. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Let's go from the darkness of comic books to the lightness of sitcom comedies, where I um, I took the binge of The Good Place over the weekend upon Patricia's glorious recommendation. And I'm, I'm still think Patricia, I still think you like this show more than I do. But I will say that it is true what they say about this show in terms of the twists. And the um, the fact that, spoiler alert, they're not in the good place. They're actually in the bad place. They just didn't know it. And now yeah. 
Yeah, and and now it's um, what is what is the guy's name? The the Which, guy who's in charge of the place, the architect. Oh, what is Michael. His? Michael. So now Michael, um, the first episode of season two. It really has them just re going through the cycle again and again, and yet every time Eleanor figures it out, which I think is funny. But Patricia, what I don't understand is how after season one, after wiping their memories and trying it again and again and again and again, why he hasn't figured out that the reason why it didn't work is because Chidi and Eleanor found each other and they are soulmates and that is part and that is true and so that's why the bad place suddenly becomes a good place because love conquers all well i haven't seen the first episode of the second season yet but i did read an article so you haven't spoiled anything for me but um it I don't know why he hasn't figured it out yet, but it's probably because he's a demon and he doesn't know love. That's my. <laughs> so wait, you haven't watched any of the second season? No, not yet. I don't okay. have cable TV, bro. <laughs> I don't either. I watched it on the, all on Hulu. Um, oh. I don't know what, what else we're going to talk oh, about. Because <laughs> <laughs> all of my points were about season two. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much that there, there's only been four episodes and I liked it and I had I thought we were going to talk about this Patricia <laughs> I I haven't started season two yes. I thought we were talking about I season one we, so. we, we have production <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's a great show and I love all the characters and I didn't know that it was out on Hulu yet. I missed the boat on that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've stumped Sarah, stumped, Will. I've stumped you finally, It happened, y'all. It happened. Someone got stumped. <laughs> stumped Sarah. The bus is back. Suddenly, <laughs> I feel like I'm in the bad place. Yeah. Well, we're all, we're all in the, the bad place. place yeah, yeah. Well, the bus is back. Yeah, we can get back. Yeah. So we have. Stop acting like you watch this show. I know. Will. Just, 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 you've had your time. I'm just joking. Here. <laughs> no, but we have we have we have solved we have solved the mystery at the very beginning of the show. Who who was driving the bus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, the first season was good. Um, I, I like, I like I like Eleanor. I, all of the stuff that they do with morality on the show is pretty clever and I I, like how it changes. I love all the little jokes that they have in there about like good feelings and bad feelings. And, you know, like when she goes to the, she's trying to learn to be a better person from Chidi and she goes to the little frozen yogurt place and she's like, this one. It's, this one tastes like full-charged um, cell phone battery. Like, I feel so relaxed. And it's like all those little things in there just make it. Just make it. And yeah. it's, it's one of those... It, Will, if you're looking for a feel-good show mm-hmm. that's funny and comical, but underneath it's actually pretty morbid... That's that's the show for you. Uh-huh. 
I don't even think it's that morbid though. Like, like for, for you, Patricia, why do you think it is morbid? Well, it's just it's because it's all about death and you know the what happens after we die. Are we gonna end up in the good place or the bad place or the weird medium place where that crazy lady from? Oh, from I'm crap. going to the neutral zone. I already called it. <laughs> You're going to purgatory? <laughs> yeah, like, uh-uh. it's, it's not purgatory. It's not good. It's not bad. It's neutral. Yeah, and there's this ex-lawyer there that's like was addicted to cocaine in her life, and they decided to put her in a neutral place, and she's the only person there. Mm. <laughs> and, and it's not because she was addicted to cocaine. It's because she actually also kind of did something good, and they're not really sure if the points count uh, or not. Okay. So. Um, there, there was a dilemma in the rules, and um, she ended up in the neutral zone that they visit every now and then. And Adam Scott apparently runs the bad place, and he was pretty good. Um, but my favorite character, well, my favorite character, and Patricia hasn't seen season two, and this changes slightly, is actually Fake Eleanor. Fake Eleanor is the best. <laughs> Love Fake Eleanor. Wait, there's um, another Fake Eleanor? No, no, no. It's the same. I, I don't. But because so because at the end of season one, they have to start a beginning because the experiment fails and they stop driving each other crazy. And Eleanor figures it out. They they have to reset. And when they reset, um, fake Eleanor becomes another character because everyone outside of the four of them are all demons and yeah. they're all. What? 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 <laughs> no, it's, so it's the girl at the end of season one that's like, ah, you guys can all suck it, that girl. Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, she she was really yeah. pissed off because they. Um, <laughs> yeah, she she just she has some great moments in season two so far, um, and she slowly she pretty much has become my favorite character in the show. Um, but I love how they introduce her. And then they are constantly having these discussions because even though Eleanor clearly doesn't belong there, they <laughs> they have to figure out if she they can convince the judge if she does. So there's all of these debates and they always refer to um, Kristen Bell as fake Eleanor. And and so I did the reverse, Patricia. That's, okay. That's what and I did. That's where so, I got So the real Eleanor versus fake Eleanor, and it's all confusing because they're both named Eleanor. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm really excited to watch season two. I'll probably watch some tonight now that I know that it's on Hulu and get caught up. <laughs> yeah. Team cockroaches. Okay. Team cockroaches. Team cockroaches. Um, it makes sense if you've seen season two, which I have and you have not. <laughs> well, I've seen it all over Twitter, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's surprisingly clever. It took me a while to really get invested into what they were doing, um, but, but slowly... Um, it, it started to win me over. This is easily something I can just put in the background and um, watch as I do other stuff. And um, I'm glad Kristen Bell has another TV show because for Veronica Mars fans, we all know she has comedic chops. So. Yeah, I I love her as an actress. I 
I think everything that she does is great and I want her to be in more and this is the perfect place for her to be in the good slash bad place. <laughs> yeah. All right. So speaking of other things you like to watch, Patricia, you are taking over the show with the remote control and this is all you. So catch us up on things we should be watching. Okay, the first thing that you guys should be watching is The Blacklist. Um, I finally started season four, and it has gotten real gritty. I mean, it's been a gritty TV show for a little while. You know, people dying, Reddington doing his thing. But it's getting real emotional. If you're you're invested in the TV show like I am, Mm -hmm. and you've watched all the first three seasons, this fourth season and they they now just started the fifth season on the regular tv but um it's it's getting real emotional and real stressful with things happening that's why you can watch an episode of the blacklist and then immediately following that watch the good place and then you'll be in the good place again yeah figured it out so are my people together or not? I forget no, their names. No, they are not. Elizabeth and um, Donald are not together. That makes me mad. When is that going to happen? I don't know, but I, I want. It is. <laughs> I want her husband Tom to die, and then wrestler to come in and like pick up the pieces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Everybody see, listening to me is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. Just just watch some fan vids and you'll understand, too. Patricia's absolutely right. She totally viewing this show the way she should be. Just don't watch previews for season five because that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly does not happen that way, Patricia. It's right. pissing me oh. off because I want to watch the show, too, and I can't. Because Tom's still alive. <laughs> uh, I haven't liked Tom like since the beginning. I'm surprised that he is still alive, honestly. As a character, I felt like he should have been knocked off in like season two. Well, I mean, isn't that the point of when you hire a guy who I first became aware of as the teacher on the 90210 reboot? Mm-hmm. Isn't that a cause for termination? (laughs) So true. Will? Yes. (laughs) So, yeah. I I mean, I haven't watched The Blacklist since, like, early season one, so, yeah, you guys drive a train now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Driving the bus, Driving the bus, I'm sorry, yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of bus driving happening right now. Yeah, I'm sorry, I got... Yeah, you dropped. Got dropped off at. I got dropped off the train station, so that's why I was driving right now. <laughs> Ride or die. Ride or die. Ride or die. <laughs> Ride or die. All right, Patricia. What's the next one? The next one is how to get away with murder. And Sarah, have you finished the first? What is? What are we on? The fourth season. Have you finished all three seasons? <sighs> okay. How do I explain this, Patricia? I 
I know I I know what's happening, and I did watch parts of the first episode of season four. I don't know if I can watch the show anymore because they killed my favorite character and they got away with it, and it pisses me off because it's what was his name? Uh, Wes. Wes, Wes and Laurel were supposed to end up together and they did end up together and now she's pregnant, but he's dead. And I don't like that. Yeah, no, that and they shaved off Connor's hair. See, it just gets worse. It, it makes me so mad that they cut his hair because now he looks like some creepy psycho killer. And I loved his hair before. And I don't know why I'm so upset about this character's hair, but it bugs me. But that does feel like it changes the entire character because before he was like that pretty gay guy and that now he's a serial killer. So, uh, yeah, I feel it's just getting too convoluted. Yeah. I mean, I, I still like it though. I like that it's convoluted because it's convoluted in a different way now. Other than them <laughs> trying. <laughs> it's convoluted, but it's convoluted in a different way. Uh, I gotta remember that one. That's a good one. It's convoluted, uh, though, but it's not, but it's not convoluted, convoluted in the same way <laughs> that they convoluted it before. But see, Patricia, I can watch Quantico season three and get a convoluted plot with drama and characters that I actually like. But I don't know if I can get that with how to get away with murder anywhere because they killed Wes. I can't help but repeat that again and again. Uh, you're... Because I it's... know. It's, it's really stressful. But I was expecting Wes to die because he was going off the rails anyways. So as much as I liked Wes's character and how he was the focal point, I think it's a really interesting twist that they decided to kill him off as such a central character but the other thing is is i don't like that it's the laurel show now like don't get me wrong i like laurel as a character but now like they show a clip at the end of episode one where it's like three months down the line and she wakes up and frank's there and she's like where's my baby and you're it's just pretty sure she didn't say it like that but yeah it, it, that was pretty close interpretation of what you said. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should kill Laurel next. <laughs> She's gonna well, because the sad thing was is that she she was a great character before she was. She was a great character pregnant. because of Wes. Yeah. And now that she's by herself and now all the drama is about the baby and it's Wes's baby and Wes is dead and now she's going to figure out who did it and she already figured it out and now she's going to take care of it herself. She's turning into into Wes. Wes and like I think Connor's turning into Frank and Michaela's turning into um, Annalise as much as she hates it and it's... It's really. Who's, who's Michaela's boyfriend? Uh, Why am I forgetting his name? He used to be my favorite, too. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I feel terrible. But I like yeah. him as a character. And if you watched episode two, you get to see the drama of his dad come back in a very short oh. 
emotional way and it's it was really well done i like it the way it was really subtle mm. yeah. yeah i mean the the hard part with that show is that the cast the first season a part of the reason why the show was so good is because of that extensive cast and all of these interesting characters that were very different and and then you had viola davis just nailing it out of like hidden home runs and and then slowly they start to kill off the characters, change the characters and evolve, but it doesn't feel natural. It feels more forced. And so that's why How to Get Away with Murder has fallen off of my own rotations because I don't I feel like that's a show that I can watch an episode here or there, still understand what's happening and not really feel invested as anymore because it's always about, well, who's the next to die? Yeah, that is true. Yeah. I still like it. I think all the characters do a really good job at playing their parts, even though they are changing. I just hope they go through the change quickly and they figure it out. <laughs> so, anyway. Fair point. Is that it? That's those are the two TV shows that are at the top of my list this week, other than The Good Place season two now. So yeah, because <laughs> I've watched more than you have. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you have two minutes about to talk about the Justice League trailer. I will not need two minutes. I will just uh, say what the I guess the last Justice League trailer has dropped today. Um, and of the, I guess, three that have been released, I would say this one, two things. One, I am pretty hyped about the movie now. Uh, before I was still, I felt good about it, but, um, yeah, I think I, 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 I'm team Justice League now. And second is definitely see the tonal shift due to Josh Whedon taking over. Mm. Trailers seem a lot. Do you think this seems a lot light, lighter? I mean, this tone, color, brightness, story, you know, just it just was just put together in a very different light. You know, they're not trying to copy the Marvel universe anymore. It seems. So many. I, I do. Well, I didn't really want to talk about it. <laughs> I am. I am so not looking forward to this movie. I feel like I've seen the movie. Um, even with Joss, even the clear inserts of footage that Joss probably shot versus Zach, I am still not convinced that this is going to be on the standards that I have. And I guess I do have high standards for these movies because they're so expensive yeah. and they're larger than yeah. life. Um, but, and, and I do agree. It felt very light and it felt like a clear narration, like a very, what I could expect. But then didn't you feel like slowly it turned into Zack Snyder all of a sudden again? And that scares me. The way the, well, the trailer started off very Joss Whedon. Yeah. And then end it on a Zack Snyder uh, note, and where, that's where I am still where, not convinced. Where did we see this before? Wonder yes. Woman. And people still loved it. You can, yeah, you but, can make it work. You can make it work. 
if you skip the audience about two hours of just, you know, straight up Joss, and then the last 25 minutes give Zach his, you know, his, you know, his ending, then it works. We've seen the form. Fair We've point. We've seen the formula. However, but all, I know it's Patty. All I will say. Yeah. I will just say <laughs> they do not have Chris Pine's blue eyes. Okay. True. And those are the brightest blue eyes I've ever seen. Okay. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> She's like, okay, let me get these these two out of here. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. Suddenly, Justice League is turning into Team Will and Team (laughs) Sarah. It is. It is. It's just we got it. We got it. It's not very united. Yeah, we will have we'll have to start the the hashtag or you know more on Twitter as far as like Team Sarah versus Team Will for Justice League. It's gonna be interesting yeah. how, how like and put, maybe that's the appeal. Like I'm not saying it's not gonna make money. Oh, it's yeah, gonna make a boatload yeah. of money. Um, I I just I'm not I'm not sure if I want to give it my money <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I've been a sucker before and I don't know if I can do oh, it again. Oh well, yeah, I'll talk to you in November. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Exactly. All right, guys, that's that's it. We went through a boatload today. I'm very proud of us. Um, thank you both for being here yeah. tonight. It's been a lot of fun. Patricia, why don't you tell people where they can spoil The Good Place for you on Twitter? You can spoil The Good Place for me at PRMiller20. That's P-R-M-I-L-L-E-R-2-0 on Twitter. And Will, where can people who are are just as hyped for Justice League as you are can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M Polk at on Twitter. That's at W I L L M P O L K. And one quick note before we drop uh, off for the evening, uh, I had the hashtag I don't mind on my uh, mm-hmm. page just, uh, for Mental Health Awareness Week, which was October one through the seventh, and. Real quick story, uh, Chris Wood, who was Monel on uh, Supergirl and Elizabeth Oaks, have uh, teamed up with I Don't Mind for Mental Illness to help raise awareness about mental illness and try to destigmatize the issue. Uh, one in uh, uh, five American, Americans deal with it. Uh, there's 43 million Americans deal with illness issues and uh, have personal experience. My family is with it as well. I'm sure you all have friends and family who deal with it, but... Have the conversation. I don't mind. Hashtag I don't mind. Keep it on. Put them on your on your Twitter headers and Facebook page so we can you know raise awareness about this and not be afraid to talk about it. Yep. Hashtag I don't mind. Um, you can find me at S J Belmont. S J B E L M O N T. You can also go and follow our crew on Twitter at CNN Nerd. And friend us on Facebook. Will puts up a lot of good articles on Facebook, so be sure to like our page there. But most importantly, go rate, subscribe, and comment on both iTunes and SoundCloud. We love recording the show, and we hope that you all love listening to us. And you can also find us on the CastBox Android app. Good night. Geek out. You're welcome. <laughs>